Hello everybody, Mitch Michaels here and it's time for another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you all for listening to every show of this podcast as we continue on talking sports. Big week playing, talking a lot of football, some hockey, some basketball. Joined up first by Sean Sullivan, my buddy, Yahoo Sports College Football Podcast producer, social lead for them. We're breaking down all of college football, the rankings that has Cincinnati up to two now that Iowa lost. Coach O out at LSU at the end of the season. We pick some games this week, too. Big slate. Talk a little hockey at the end. And then it's Ryan Souls to talk about the NFL. My Browns are sputtering now with uh, some injury news and knows the Cardinals remain undefeated. Derrick Henry leads the Titans past the Bills in Monday Night Football. Lots of breakdown in the world of professional football and some thoughts on the Ben Simmons situation. It's Sean Sullivan followed by Ryan Souls on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. All right, now back again to talk some college football. It's been an eventful seven weeks of the season. I have to really pinch myself because it is just flying right by, and uh, I don't want it to stop, but we just got to keep going. We got to uh, move it on and move it on going. My boy's coming, Sean Sullivan, the, uh, the video lead for social and podcast at Yahoo Sully. Welcome back to the show and the steady move in college football season. Thank you for having me back, good sir. Yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely zooming by. It's so sad. I feel like it, it gets faster and faster every year. Um, but hey, you know, it's been we've had more upsets through the these seven weeks than we've ever had uh, in college football history. So hey, let's 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 keep it rolling. And we've it's been tasty. It has been tasty. You know, and and two weeks ago was one of the greatest ones we've seen in a long time. Weeks of college football. This past week, it. it didn't have the ranked matchups that we might have been accustomed or spoiled by, but we still had some upsets, some drama filled the landscape. I wanted to get into some games in the rankings, but first of all, I think we got to talk about the story that uh, is the, the the top story in college football. Cocho is not coming back next year, and uh, 21 months, Sully, since he led LSU to a national championship. And yet, oddly enough, it seems like this was the decision that we all expected to happen. Cocho and the Tigers moving on from one another. He will coach out the season, but... Not that shocking, which is kind of crazy to say for a guy that less than two years ago had the title. I know it's wild, like such a Louisiana man down to the core. And you, you after that national championship, you would have thought he was going to be a lifer there. But that's LSU, as Pat Forty said on the pod. It, it's LSU's the the perfect mascot because it's it's riding the tiger. You know, one one minute you're on top of the tiger, you beat the world, and then the first second you fall off. Oh boy, they're gonna they're gonna eat you up, man, and, and that's exactly what happened to Coach O. And yeah, I, I think it's 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 a good move for LSU because Scott Woodward's definitely a big game hunter, and he's oh. gonna be able to get a, a a good coach in whoever he he decides to go with. But yeah, it, it, I, I think I, I told you this summer you were asking me who's the first coach to get fired out of the SEC, and I said Coach O. Mm. You know, that, that's just it just lined up. Where people the 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 natives were restless in in Louisiana and and um, last year's rough rough start was was enough to do it and you, you could see the writing on the wall here this year too when loss after loss started piling up that uh, and it, it's funny enough he's uh, he's got to be the first coach to to get fired after a top twenty five win in the history of college football <laughs> probably um, but I mean not counting the season ending situations right where you just run the clock out like right probably, right right exactly i mean th- that schedule is just so brutal that even you know it, it 
coupled with the fact that there's some, some off-field stuff going on, but it's also the fact that, look, I mean, like Auburn when Gene Chizik won, like the SEC mm-hmm. doesn't let up. You're going to be playing in that, especially no. when you're in the West. Like you're going to be you're going to be playing some tough teams every single week in conference play. And, uh, you know, it, it's, there's a couple different ways to look at this. One being Scott Woodward. I know you mentioned him. There's the conspiracy theorist out there. He signed that Jimbo Fisher deal when he was at A&M, and there's no buyout. Mm-hmm. So the, he is a big game hunter, whether it's him, whether it's Riley, whether it's, you know, a guy like Lane Kiffin or whatever. But the fact that this job, Sully, the last three coaches have won national titles. There's a lot of pressure, yep. but if you do it right, you can win, and you can win big. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the it's, – you have no competition in state comparatively. You have a, a good Louisiana team, but everybody's a tiger in that state. You have enough talent to win a national championship once every four or five years. So it's, it's, it's an amazing job. Top five ish job in, in, in the, in the whole country, you know, and we talked about in the pod, the, the difference between USC and LSU. And that's a tough one for me because I think USC is a sleeping giant um, because you just you get the right guy in there and they shut down the borders to LA and you don't have an Oregon coming in and picking you off. You don't have an Alabama coming in and picking you off. You can win very yeah. fast at USC, but LSU is very similar, you know, like where, where you got the right guy, you shut down the borders of Louisiana, you're going to win a national title real quick. So yeah, um, it's just that SEC West is so tough and, it could turn on you faster. Uh, you got a shorter leash, I think, at, at, with, at the Tigers. Well, I also think that they're going to be not the conventional team, you know, without their coach. I mean, it's crazy that they're going to be ending the year with him there. Like, it's a separation agreement for the end of the year. I actually think they're going to be playing like a bunch of wounded animals for Coach O. Yeah, I, I just don't yeah. see them waving the white flag and, and rolling over. You know, that's just not what, what he's about. So they're going to be a dangerous team even with him on his way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could be. You know, there's a lot of reports out there that said he's lost the team, and and um, yeah, I, I don't the know. Game on I, that's, Saturday that's was like it didn't look like he lost the team. I mean, like guys no. weren't out there. Like there were guys that didn't play, and you, you don't know what to read into that. But the guys that were on the field, especially that offense and even the defense late, they were playing. I mean, they knocked yeah. out Florida. So they knocked out Florida, and they knocked him square in the mouth. Mm. You know, they were up big early. That game was 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 a, a statement from the opening whistle so yeah that didn't look like a team that's quitting on it yeah. um and it, I, i'm not saying i know anything from behind the scenes in that locker room but yeah that, that from the outside looking in that, that that absolutely didn't look like a like an lsu tiger team that's ready to lay it down for coach yet so yeah, yeah. that's uh let's, yeah let, let's let's see how they go the rest of the season that'll be fun so the big loser obviously this weekend was uh, outside of lsu losing their coach was iowa going uh getting smacked in the mouth by a purdue oh, team yeah. at Ooh. home beat down and and they fall all the way from two to 11 in the poll that was it was jarring not that look we understand that in the big 10 especially a team like iowa that's had this fairy tale start can lose to just about anybody but the way they lost mm-hmm. i mean at home and just not getting anything going offensively was huge and, and, and really didn't take them completely out of the conversation, but that's a pretty steep fall, 2-2-11. Two, two, that's the voters saying, okay, this Iowa thing is pretty much over in their eyes. Yeah, I don't know how they get back into it unless you have a an undefeated Michigan team on the other end that's in the, in the Big Ten title game. They Ohio win the rest State. Of the way. I mean, yeah, it's – God, One it's going to be tough. One loss Ohio State, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think the big thing, Sully, really with don't. this is, is you know, Cincinnati is at two right now. And, look, Georgia number one. No one's going to argue who the number one team in the country has been through seven weeks. It's hands down the dogs. 
But yeah. Cincinnati at that two spot is huge for them to be there at this point in the year because they know they have to go undefeated. They're worried about getting leapfrog. Now you're going to have to essentially have three teams leapfrog them. That just might not be possible, even in your no. your doomsday scenario of, yeah, Oklahoma wins out there undefeated. They might leap them. Maybe a one-loss Big Ten champion or an undefeated Michigan leapfrogs them. But I, I just don't see a world, Sully, maybe I'm wrong, where three teams can leap the Bearcats if they go undefeated. No, I, I don't think so either. You know, I, and, and Georgia, too, has an SEC title game date with, with Bama looming. So, you know, that, that we could still see some chaos. And I, ooh, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. I don't see – they'd have to really start looking like a poor football team. Yeah. You know, like just not, not playing well. And they'd have to do it themselves. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't see. I agree, and I, I just think that like there, all these scenarios have to happen, right? Like Oklahoma would have to go undefeated. A Big Ten champion would have to be undefeated. Michigan State, Michigan yep. is still alive. I just don't think that all these things are going to happen. Regard, like you know, the odds are that maybe one or two of them do. Will Oklahoma run the table? It's still going to be tough. We know what they're capable of doing or not doing. The Big Ten can cannibalize itself, maybe not as much as the Pac-12. And you mentioned Georgia Bama, like it's just. It would take a lot to keep Cincinnati out of the playoff. Now, seeding is going to be a little different. Yeah. We can get to that because you know that if it is Alabama and Georgia and, and Bama beats them or if it's a close game, the committee is going to do whatever it takes not to have them rematch in the first round. Right. Yeah, so. and they're, they're not going to – they'll move Cincinnati up to one <laughs> if they and have, have to. them play Alabama <laughs> in the round one, you know. Yeah. If they have to. Well, it's been crazy. Sean Sullivan here on the Money Mitch Effect talking college football, and uh, it's going to get crazier with some games this week. And we're recording and posting the same day on Wednesday. You told me before we started you were glad about that because one of your favorite bets in games of the weekend is tonight's game. Like you're all about yes. Coastal, a top 12 Coastal team that if it wasn't for Cincinnati, I mean, this would be the non-power team with BYU losing. But, you know, they play App State. They are, you know, that line's jumped from about three to five on the road. Not easy. Not easy right. going to play App State on the road. They're they're five-point favorites. What do you think about this one? No, Boone is a tough place to play, and it is it is going to be a beautiful setting on Wednesday night. That place will be packed out. The leaves are changing. The hills around are gorgeous. But we're coming off of a 41-13 to 13 loss to Louisiana. Louisiana is pretty good, but this they're, they're not coastal. They're certainly not this Coastal team. This Coastal team is dominating. 49-22. 28-25, close one to Buffalo. Buffalo's pretty decent. Mass, UMass, oh my goodness, 53-3. ULM, the same team that just boat raced App State, 59-6, to 52-20. Like, they're putting up a 50-burger. App State <laughs> hasn't yeah. even come close to a 50-burger. Uh, I, I think – Coastal is going to run them tonight mm. and uh, on the road. And as Pete said on the pod earlier this week, I think this could be a changing of the guard game. Um, is is where Appy's been the dominant force with the big stick in that conference for a really long time. And ooh, Grayson McCall boys are looking to steal that stick and beat him over the head with it. And I think they're going to do it. Wow! I, I yeah, this is the last stand for 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 the men of the Appalachian. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think Coastal, the, the way they're going and how this program has really just transformed itself. Doing what they're doing this year after having a year like last year, proving that it wasn't just a fluke or just a strong class of right. players, it's pretty impressive. I Hello, actually, Coach. I think this week's uh, slate before you get to Saturday is fun, too. 
because I'm also digging. Uh, I'm also digging San Jose State on the road against UNLV late night tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, stay up late. Oh, love that. Eight o'clock in Vegas. I don't think UNLV is that good. I know they played Fresno and UTSA pretty tight, but San Jose State. I think their defense can can do pretty well. The over under on this game is only forty six and a half, probably based on their OT slug <laughs> slugfest last week with San Diego State. But right. San Jose State, I think that they can go into UNLV and uh, cover the spread. Yeah, their their offense is rolling four hundred yards a game, and yeah, as you as you mentioned, their defense is 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 sound enough to be able, that you know he's not going to be able to run the ball or, or do anything against these guys. Like they're my goodness, yeah, winless. It's gross. Those poor rebels. They 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 have they have a sweet sideline trophy. They have a uh, a um what do you call it slot machine. They have a, yes. a seven hundred pound slot machine. Which is pretty cool, uh, but it hasn't turned. A, they haven't. They haven't gotten a whole lot of cherries across the board. Um, it, it's it's coming up. It's coming up nasty for the rebels. Is that the turnover for them, so. The turnover slot machine. Yes, they have a turnover <laughs> slot machine. Um, yeah, I, I I I like I like the San Jose State team ahead to, on Thursday night. I'm I'm with you on that one. Well, if you're speaking of gross, as you mentioned, uh, maybe you can watch the gross, definitely the grossest team in Division One on the West Coast, maybe in all of college football. Arizona, Sully, is just a complete embarrassment this year. And they're, they're mm-hmm. getting 18 points at home against a Washington team that's not much special either. So, yikes for Arizona and what this program looks 70% like. 70% of the public money on the Wildcats right now. That's pretty crazy. It's nuts. Have you seen this Big team bets. play? <laughs> 40, 40% of the bets. Seventy percent of the money, big money shut out by in. Colorado, right? Like they didn't score last week. No, <laughs> Colorado's not that and good. Washington is two and four. No, Colorado's <laughs> worse. So, yeah, I don't know. I, what is gross. Vegas now? This, I'm, this staying, game, I'm staying away from yeah, that game. Yeah, this game's gross. Um, Saturday after a bye week, the uh, Buckeyes returned on the road at Indiana's mm-hmm. three touchdown favorites. We'll see what Ohio State has. Yeah. Obviously, the last time they played, they destroyed Maryland. Uh, this is, I guess you'd say, a slight step up in competition. But Indiana's kind of reverted into some old tendencies, old habits. And I think this mm-hmm. this is in that teaser range. Like, I don't – Ohio State, yep. will they cover the spread? I'm not sure, but they shouldn't be threatened by the Probably. Hands. Yeah, probably. I think that, I think that they probably cover. But, yeah, it maybe slap it into a teaser. I'm with you. If it was under 21, if it was under 21 like it opened up, I'm in. You know, but if it's getting up over twenty-one, then yeah, tease it down. Is Penn Five State's, is Penn State's quarterback is Clifford still out, or is he playing this week? I do not know that actually, because that that would um, affect teaser uh, teaser possibility in this one. They're playing Illinois, which we know hasn't really <laughs> done much. And, and normally, I would just say Penn State teaser starter backup, wide, but they're it's wide open at the twenty-one <laughs> hours ago. Dude, you know, normally I would say, look, Penn State versus Illinois at home, like 24, whoever the starter or backup saying tease that down to 18. But Illinois, I mean, Penn State's backup was just atrocious when we saw him. So. And, and <laughs> Illinois' defense has been okay this year. You know, like he, like that, that's one thing Burt Bielema can do is, is play a little defense and run the ball. And, and, and um, Yeah, they – Yep, any ribs. Yes, that's right. The eight pounds and pounds of ribs. Speaking of speaking of that jack wagon, you see him throw half his roster under the bus this week. How weird was that? Very weird. And here's my thing. Like I, I don't want to get into the game of like you know calling out coaches for saying irrational things because we'd be here forever. But what was weird about yeah. it was he was calling it out like like calling out the previous regime. 
Like that that was the part that yeah. was weird for me. Like if he recruited those players himself and said that, I'd be like, well, you know, he's kind of like saying that, you know, in a weird way he had taken responsibility because he's the one that brought him in. But it just was weird because he's saying, look, the, the former staff, they didn't bring in anybody. That's the part I had a problem with. And and it's just crapping all over the kids. You know, it's, they're, they're, they could have transferred. They could have gone anywhere uh, with the new rules, and they decided to stick it out. And Illinois and believed in your program, and you're just dumping all over them. You know, it, the minute you take over the program, that's, those are your kids now. You know, that that's not that's not the, my recruits versus the old staff's recruits. They have that block eye on the side of their helmet, just just like the guys you brought in this year. So, yeah, not a good look from from our friend Bielema. No, it wasn't. Um, by the way, did you know that uh, Clemson taking on Pitt? Clemson is zero and seven in their last seven versus spread. Just terrible. Yeah, and I, I, I was gonna say I love Pitt. Kenny Pickett. I am a huge believer in this guy. He, he sold me hook, line, and sinker in that Tennessee game. Uh, unstoppable. Mean, um, Clemson opened as a favorite by three. They're now three and a half point dogs, like dogs in an ACC game. I yeah, don't have the numbers from you. That's been forever. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's 60% of the bets, 83% of the money on the Panthers from from the public. So uh, I, I like I like Pitt in this spot, especially if you can get it at three. Um, three and a half is getting a little pricey for me. But, yeah, I, they're not going to be able to score them. I don't no. care how good Clemson's defense is. If Kenny Pickett can pull plays out of his tail, and he's going to be able to put up 21 points at least. I don't see Clemson putting up 21 points. No, I don't um, either. So, I don't yeah. either. And we're always looking at games on the other side of the teaser aisle where like, you can tease an underdog even further up. I'm not just saying this. I have, I have reasons. It's not just a hatred pick, but I think you can tease Northwestern up to close to 30 points. Why not? Because Michigan hasn't been rolling teams all year. Like They're, they're going to win this game most likely, but I just they haven't really boat raced anybody. Even the bad Washington team that we talked about earlier. That's a good point. You know, I mean, Nebraska's pretty good. Wisconsin's, man, they're getting close to a boat race mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Rutgers was a seven-point win. Uh, I know they're okay. NIU, but... they boat raced. Yeah, and then Northwestern's kept. They just got roasted by Nebraska. I can't That's get true. that game out of my head though. So yeah, fifty-six to seven against the Huskers. Mm. That it, that could happen against Michigan. It could. But we're talking 29 and a half if you tease this up. I mean, that's, mm. that's a lot of points. Better games on the board. Yeah, Better games that's on true. The and Harbaugh will just run the score up. I don't want to bet for bad teams. <laughs> and yeah. Harbaugh will just run the score up to try to prove a point or something. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, he'll be chugging whole milk on the sidelines at halftime. You think Oklahoma covers uh, 39 versus Kansas? Man, Caleb looks amazing, by the way. I just, what a. He's awesome. And just and and he's not Spencer Rattler. That's probably probably his best quality. Yep, yep. I I really don't know how this guy was starting. Wasn't starting out the gates. I get you're trying to protect your. It's kind of like you know this guy will be here for a while, and you're trying to ease him in. I guess, but mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I, I was never a Rattler fan. You weren't a Rattler fan. Um, you know, it, I, I think we're we've we've been on that bandwagon for a while now, and. Yeah, he he's awesome. I think they absolutely could could cover that sucker. They're on a roll. I, a, a multiple score spread that I actually do really like: Texas A&M over South Carolina. Ooh, I've, I've been all over. Yeah, 
three touchdowns. Uh, it, it's a good number. You could probably even still find it at 20 and a half. Luke Dottie's out for South Carolina. Not that it's made a whole lot of difference. They're terrible. And yeah, A&M should roll them just like they rolled Mizzou last week. On to the next one. Yeah, they're they're finding their stride. Um, what do you think about you know Tennessee Alabama game? Alabama twenty five points. Sorry again about the Tennessee loss and everything that's gone down. And you know, not yeah, just, not just the fact that Milton ran out of bounds with the game on the line, but you have to deal with uh, you know the fans throwing stuff and just a, another case of hor- horrific SEC refs. It was a perfect storm of everything that makes you sad to be a Vol fan on Saturday. Yeah, it, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. You know, the Vols, you know, you, well, on a positive note, they gave up a hell of a fight, and yeah. they're ahead of schedule. With, with that, this is a, a team that was obviously just gutted by the, the transfer portal, and you got your best defensive player playing at Alabama now. You know, you got arguably your best offensive player playing at Oklahoma now, so and North Carolina. So to to be able to to for that defense to step up and and I, I think Matt Corral is square number one Heisman favorite right now. Um, yeah. And just just what he's doing, uh, there's just that was a great performance. And you know, it, the refs suck. The SEC needs to needs to fix it, but that still doesn't allow you to throw stuff on the field. You get Bama coming Uh, in just like very irritated too. Like the Mississippi State game was a, okay, we're mad. We got beat. Saban's been growing us nonstop, I would assume, the last week, two weeks now. Um, This rivalry, I heard it. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar told a story about Wilt the Stilt um, on a documentary not too long ago that I saw that where he said Wilt got in a elevator with somebody and a dude was looking up at him and said how's the weather up there and he spits on his head looks down and spits on its head and says it's raining that's kind of (laughs) that's kind of what this this rivalry's been where tennessee just looks up says how's the weather up there at number one in the country and then saban just spits on him and says it's raining you know, like it, it's, he it's hasn't lost to him, man. It's 15 years now. Hasn't lost to him. Yeah. It, Lane Kiffin was the closest one with the Rocky block. I was at the game a few years ago with Josh Dobbs where they had the ball to win the game at the end of the game. And then, of course, Bama's defense just forces it over, and that's that. So, yeah, it was, it, it, it's been a long, arduous march, and I, I don't see it ending here. I, I can see Tennessee cover. Bama wins by three touchdowns. They cover. Mm-hmm. So I would stay away from it though. With Hendon Hooker banged up, and yeah. and a lot a lot of guys banged up. You don't know about the offensive line. That's a mm-hmm. big key, obviously against Alabama. Yeah, that's that's a stay away for me. Tennessee could easily cover if they're fully healthy, but I don't know if they're healthy. A couple you know? of, so yeah. that, that's that's a stay away. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I'd say a couple others that I do like. You mentioned him. I, I actually think LSU might cover against Ole Miss because I heard Maddie Carell being a little banged up, and I just don't know. Yep. I think that one. Hey, he's be. probably playing. I think I think Coach O's right there. That's a little bit of a smoke screen, you know. And, and Kiffin playing some mind games with his over, old buddy over Coach a touchdown. O. Though I mean, that's that's you know I, I think Ole Miss's defense leaves a little to be desired, and I think LSU can cover nine and a half. Would be my thought process. Yeah, but LSU's offense leaves a little to be desired uh, against the, mm-hmm. and they looked pretty good against yeah. against Florida last week. But yeah, I mean, with with it's it's all those injuries are going to add up eventually for the Tigers. You know, last week might have been a little adrenaline shot, but 
I don't know. I'm staying away from them. Like, like I said earlier, I could, I could see them rally around that coach or I could see it all fall apart as soon as they get hit in the mouth and they're down 14, nothing in the first quarter. And they're like, Oh, here we go. You know, I think, uh, I think Notre Dame is going to handle USC. I'm on that I think so too. I picked USC on the pod. Uh, just, you know, they've been road dogs. They've won seven straight on the road, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but God, that, that, that was not a good performance last time out against Utah. They got I, slapped. Yeah. I, I heard, a, I heard some arguing online. Somebody think like, can you actually fire an interim coach? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, right. can you go another, can you go interim V2? I don't know. I, I think yeah. this is going to be Notre Dame. Wild well, game was the yeah. high of highs. And yeah. Then, yeah. It was not good for, for the no. Utah game. Mm. And then the other one I had was so, uh, your your thoughts on uh, the other undefeated team in the Big 12, Oklahoma State, seven-point road dogs going to Iowa State. Love that game. Love that game. Iowa State is a good team, but they're, you know, and obviously their shine's worn off from being a top-10 team, but they're still dangerous. Looked pretty good at K-State last week. That's a nice 13-point win. Absolutely smoked Kansas, but that doesn't tell you anything. Close loss to Baylor, that does tell you something. You know, that, that that's a close game. And I think Oklahoma State's defense really turned a corner last weekend in the second half, only giving up, you know, less than 100 yards against a really good Texas offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't see how Iowa State is going to score in this game. Oklahoma State, it's going to be low slog. Under might be the play there, uh, even though it's pretty low under. 47, um, yeah. But, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm taking I'm taking Oklahoma State there. Give me a touchdown on the road. Come mm. on! Oh yeah. Any other games you like? Any other bets? Any other games uh, stand out? We pretty much hit everything. See, let's see. Yeah, we dang near hit every game. Um, yeah. Shoot, San Diego State Air Force should be a really fun game. Yeah. Um, six and one Air Force against. A Brady Hoax squad, only only coach in the country to have three different teams start out six and zero. So hell yeah, Brady Hoax, glad glad you could have a nice reunion down there in San Diego State. What a what a job too. That that is sneakily the best job in the country. No pressure. The best job with no pressure. Yes, absolutely. You you hit no n- no pressure. You have a brand new beautiful stadium built on the old Qualcomm spot. San Diego, arguably the best city in the country and like you're rolling i would i kick your feet up and go six and oh baby what a what a job grady hoax done uh oh we want to get gross in the weeds here middle tennessee poor old middle tennessee oh my god are we serious (laughs) you are 15 points favorite (laughs) over uconn they they've really got like, to have some what the for these hell? Bad teams like you don't get to like I mean you can't threaten the football program but like send UConn to like a Division three schedule next year you know because there is yeah, something yeah just, you gotta you gotta play Wisconsin Whitewater there's fifteen times there's just something fatally wrong oh man well hey it's gonna be a good college slate I'm excited as I know you are and then next week it just keeps ramping up as we reach the fall yeah the next fall week midpoint. is nasty so you know. The, but never take a week off because these are always the weeks that are that are wild as hell and things that we don't expect are absolutely happen. So you know, it, hey, USC Tennessee upset outright. Sprinkle a little money line on it. You know that that that's that's what I'm saying. 
little, little couple dollars. A little couple of dollars. I like it. Uh, Sully, always a blast talking college football with you. Before we go, uh, Devils update. How we're feeling the start of the season? Some wins, some fights, some, oh, some battles. Yeah. Still no, still no update on Jack Hughes. It's been two and zero. Nice start, you know. And then uh, Jack gets the, the franchise gets knocked out of the game a little early last last night and. That, that was tough to see. Uh, hopefully, the team said day-to-day, but still no official word. Don't want to see him out for too long. But, yeah, nice start. You know, and I think that's really good ads with Dougie Hamilton. Uh, hell of a defensive player. That dude is a tree trunk oh, yeah. uh, with, with a howitzer on him. So, he, he's really fun to watch. And hopefully, him and him and J- Jack can get some offense going together. Yes. That's nice to, to get him going forward and getting healthy and not having to worry about you know, leading the team and, and, uh, you know, pass, pass breakups and, and, and turnovers and all sorts of stuff. You know, you don't want your forward doing that. So yeah. it's, it's nice for him to, to bolster that defense a little bit and be able to, to, to go, go score some goals. And he's already done it so far. Point a, of game so far. A first game, you know, you had your boy, he was OT winner, stick watch into the crowd, just, Getting the letting the letting the uh, the arena and the team know, hey, we got this. We're going to be different this year. So, hope he's okay. Yeah. And his brothers coming too. It'll be fun. I, I cannot wait for uh, the Hughes brothers to take over the Jersey area. It's it's been fun, you know. The NHL being on uh, TNT and ESPN is great, and uh, you know how. Oh my god! Just so good to have those games on Plus, and then also the TNT crew with Gretzky on the I show. I remember and... the days growing up where I would just. I would not make it to school and sometimes be late waiting for Barry Melrose to come on my television screen on SportsCenter to watch the Devils highlights because I wasn't paying, you know, $500 for center ice back in the day because I was, you know, nine years old. But uh, (laughs) uh, uh, (laughs) it's amazing. It's incredible. Six six months a month, six bucks a month or whatever, and you get every game. Man, it's and the, the way ESPN and TNT are promoting the sport now. Well, you get the post game shows super too. To so, like Devils would yeah. ride that high into the post game show. It's great. No, it's it's been good. The cracking around, you know, they're they're already fighting in the stands at Nashville games. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to. Oh, the you NHL. love to see that. You love to see that. Your after your first franchise win, you got blows, fisticuffs, and report report on the ground from Nashville buddies that that go to a lot of Preds games. They were in that section, and evidently they they took that fisticuff to the. Uh, to the, to the concourse because there's a whole little section <laughs> of blood roped off. Woo! That's gotta great. love it, man. That's great. Sully, pleasure as always. Good luck out there. Let's make some more money. And uh, thank you for joining the uh, Money Mitch Effect. Thanks for having me. Always a good time. All right, huge thanks to Sully. Big college football slate coming up. Hockey on deck as well with that season started. Always great to talk about two of our favorite topics. Appreciate Sully for coming on. Now it's time to talk to Ryan Souls about the NFL schedule and the slate after a, a scintillating six weeks of football. Talk about my Brown struggles, the Titans making a big win over the Bills, the Cowboys looking good, who are uh, the, the real contenders, Lamar Jackson looking like an MVP. We break down all in professional football and talk Ben Simmons. And that fiasco in Philadelphia as the NBA gets way gets going, I should say. It's Ryan Souls now on the Money Mitch Effect.
All right, now joining us on the Money Mitch Effect to talk some football. Six weeks into the book, the season already flying right by. It's Ryan Souls. Ryan, thanks for joining the program. We are officially knee deep in football season. Yeah, man, happy to be on. It's crazy. We six weeks in already. Uh, I don't think. I think some of us probably look how we thought. I think some of us probably look differently. As there's parody parody in every year, but happy to be here with you, bro. It's going to be a uh, interesting discussion on a couple teams, some good, some bad, but uh, we like to uh, accentuate the positives here. Monday Night Football, on the heels of that this week, was the Titans and the Bills. Heck of a game, Ryan. And, and i got to say, the league has been pretty lucky with their primetime slate. The product has just been good. There haven't been many clunkers in primetime. That Titans-Bills game with the Titans, the more desperate team to win that game. Uh, was one that you felt like they kind of had to have a big win against a big team after stumbling to the Jets. They beat the Bills 34-31 in a game that both teams might not have played their best, but both teams brought it, and I was just uh, excited to, and, and entertained, to say the least. No, it was good old-fashioned football kind of throwback in, in a sense, and uh, it was fun to watch. I think these two teams just play each other really well. We've seen good matchups with these teams, but – uh, Derrick Henry just seems to own this team also. Well, we're going to get to the uh, the ending sequence of the game uh, in a second, but I, I do want to bring up some stuff for you, Ryan, uh, about Derrick Henry. In his last five games, uh, the fewest output he has is 113 yards. He's got three TDs in three of those five games. And uh, here's one for you. He's got five games in his career, Ryan, with 140 yards and three touchdowns. Eric Dickerson had four. Tomlinson had five, Marshall had three, Emmett Smith only had two, and he's not done playing football. So we're and, seeing and like the, <laughs> back to two thousand yard season. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's been the leading rusher for a couple years running now. This is the greatest two year stretch that we've seen a running back have. And on the touchdown last night, the 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 big one, the seventy five yard run, he hit the uh, the fastest speed a running back's reached all season. So say what you want about him, but this. <laughs> This guy can do it all. He's not slowing down. We had our worries because of the punishment he gives out and that he undoubtedly takes, but it's the best running back in football, and he does not appear to be slowing down in the least. Not at all. And, I mean, listen, if if you're playing defense against the Titans, he gets to the fourth quarter, you're making business decisions about wanting to tackle him or not, man. I just – I would not want to tackle Derrick Henry in the open field when he's got a head of steam – you you get ten tries with Derrick Henry got five yard head start. You think you can take him down one time? Well, that's the thing is, it's like I mean, no. The answer is no. But the other question is, it's like you know, everyone uses the phrase it's oversaturated. You know, biz, biz or uh, built different. This guy mm-hmm. legitimately is built different. And oh, hundred percent. You know, I don't fully understand. It. I don't think a lot of people are just what a tank he is. Uh, the only way to really stop him is to do what the Bills tried to do a little bit of in the second half and just gang tackle him and get to him with multiple bodies because if yep. he gets to the second third level and he's free it's 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 gonna hurt one way or another it just maybe oh, on yeah. the scoreboard or maybe physically absolutely i mean he he is unstoppable when he gets rolling and whatever the measurables are that espn or whoever puts up there a lie like there's no way He's 247 pounds. He's got to be closer to 260. And the way he carries all that weight, I mean, you know, we we reserve pound for pound for, for boxing. But a legit question, do you think he's pound for pound the fastest running back ever? Like just 
everything. Pound for pound. It's, fu- it's so funny to have that conversation because usually when you're having any sports pound for pound, it's a smaller guy, right? Now we're doing it in the opposite. We're right. saying at his size. Probably, man. I, I don't. I don't know. That that's a tough one. I just know that we had that the text last night where you know next this offseason we're going to have to have that discussion about where he ranks all time because he's probably in my top ten all time now. Like he's uh-huh, probably yeah. on the on the verge, if not there, and he's only going to climb that list. The game the game itself, Ryan. I thought the offense for for Tennessee outside of Henry. I know he was the reason why they were going, but. Dan Hill played better. A.J. Brown really came alive in the second half. I know Julio got hurt again, which you hate to see. But the Titans' offense finally found their groove on the backs of Derrick Henry. And, and it was their defense that we know that Josh Allen played well. He made some mistakes. But the Titans' defense was giving them nothing for a lot of the start of the season. They made some timely plays. Obviously the last one, but there were moments, some picks in there, some timely plays where if they can just get a little bit of something, this offense can be elite that it might not have to be a great defensive effort. Well, but I mean, I think that's the exact thing you you worry about with this Titans team because, you know, the offense got it going later, but Tannehill did start slow. And I think, you know, when that team has to play from behind, I'm not betting against Derrick Henry, but the way you play has to vastly change. And if you can't, if they know you have to pass the ball and you can't run it on every down, you know, when they're dictating the pace of the game, it's just difficult to win like that and when you play against a team like the bills the way that they started you're not going to be so fortunate playing against good teams to where really this game could have gotten out of reach before derrick henry had a chance to you know bring them back i just think also Allen made some insane throws in the second half to keep pace with derrick henry and the titans uh, on the run on the move, it was it was another great performance by him. The defense was the reason the Bills lost this game. And that last decision, Ryan, I, I have no problem with them going for it there. I don't even think the call was that bad. It was just a great play by Simon there at the Simmons there at the end. And odds are in that situation, you know, you can almost take it's almost like you can take the analytics side out of it. Their defense was getting destroyed by Henry. There's a likely scenario where they go to overtime, they lose the toss, the game's over, they never get the ball. Absolutely no, I, I'm 100% with the call. Like I think you just you when you put the the game the ball game right there, you win the ball game while that play or not. But I think the bigger thing really that nobody's talking about the play before didn't Josh Allen have Cole Beasley wide open in the back of the end zone? Now I'm really careful with this because we saw you know Stills. We saw I, I haven't looked at the all 22. I'll be the first to admit. And it's hard to know how fast these windows fill. It just seemed like he took off running for the third down and, and dove and went airborne and, and just missed it. So he, he probably did, but hard yeah, to know yeah. exactly and what the pressure was there. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, and I, I, I can't make a decision like that, for sure. So, But it just, you know, when you show the, the replay, and obviously they, they slow it, show it slower yeah. and – mentioned not having the all 22 it's hard to see but i think even if josh allen keeps his footing on that sneak i forget what the d tackles name is but he blew up the play i mean he simmons it was incredible and it was what won them the game uh but no i think both these teams you know the bills have nothing really to worry about they lose a tough game on the road to a team that played well and is a playoff team you improved stuff but they're still four and two i I still think they're going to be fine and the Titans needed this one, not for their terrible division, but to prove that they're still a legit threat in the AFC. So 
a much bigger need for them, and I think they're more desperate team one. Absolutely, and I mean, I think football is the perfect example of games are not played on paper because mm-hmm. the way this offense is shaped up with A.J. Brown and Julio and, you know, Henry's doing his thing, but you would think this offense would have been a lot more potent. And, um, you know, the, once again, they're putting everything on the back of Derrick Henry, and he's looking like he can hold it. So, Ryan, as we move to other games, I just will mention this in passing. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Did you watch and have been in the, in the, in the uh, setting of, of the habit of watching the London games? So I watched a little bit of it, but not like in that was like the condensed version. I didn't yeah. watch it. Well, here, here's the thing. Like these games start so early for me on the West Coast that unless there's a reason to get up early, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I ain't up to watch the Jaguars. I'll tell no. you that. But hey, props. <laughs> they got their first win over the Dolphins. Uh, props to uh, the kicker, Matthew Wright, because he set NFL history, the first kicker in the history of this game, Ryan, to hit two 50-yard field goals in the final four minutes of the game. Wow. I yeah. Crazy. Wow. And that first one, I could not, I've never seen a ball do that. Like, I don't know how you, you put that fade on it where it like, boomeranged in. No, it's that, it's that European wind. <laughs> Something. Uh, yeah. The Dolphins are a mess, though. You know, they're just, they're just a mess right now. And, you know, I, people are going to look to Tua. He didn't play great. He looked very mediocre in his first game back. I'm also just looking at a defense that, what, the Jacksonville freaking Jaguars storm alive down the stretch couldn't get a stop when they needed one well i don't know the juice that brian flores had last year but he don't have it this year and he looked that it looks like a completely different team and Tua wasn't 100 percent healthy and you would think now with adding waddle somebody who he was familiar with but even that i mean there's the roster like gasecki and waddle like look at the rest of the skill guys it's kind of it's kind of gross yeah, it's not good. I mean, you thought you would thought you would expect more from Parker, and you're not getting it. I don't know. Like it just obviously the Dolphins picking Tua over Herbert, they will forever rue that day. But it's more it's more than that. Just mm-hmm. the, I think ten and six seemed to be more like a fluke last year. It seemed like it, man. We'll we'll have to monitor their progression uh, as well. Uh, before we get to the more pressing news, uh, to my heart, I do have to bring up Packers-Bears because you know what everybody's talking about, and that's Aaron Rodgers proclaiming to the world what we already knew, that he owns the Chicago Bears. Absolutely. I mean, literally, I don't know if you saw the Wikipedia page <laughs> Monday morning, but somebody went on the New York or the Chicago Bears page and changed the owner <laughs> from yeah. – I actually don't think the Bears are. I mean, it was a great clip, and you love to see it. And of course, if you're gonna get, if you're gonna get heckled by the fans, you're gonna give it right back. I just, it's what we love about sports. But I actually don't think the Bears look that. I'll mean, put it this way: I still don't like Matt Nagy. I don't think he's a long-term answer as coach of this team. I've, I've said as much. But Fields in there, and some of their skill guys getting the chance to play here. I don't think they look that you know in despair as some of the other teams. They're actually they, they've got some bright spots. They're kind of fun to watch in a way. Yeah, I think they're uh, a coach away from making some noise. They need to. They need to. They need to tool around with the roster for sure, and these guys need to take the next step. But it's not, you know, it's not an empty cupboard I, as much as I'm going to say. The Packers, no, are, are five and one, and you know, after that first loss to the Saints, where we were all running around like the world's on fire, they've won five straight. They're back at the top of the NFC pecking order, and importantly, too, Ryan, their defense looks a lot better than it did Week One. So I think that. 
in addition to Rodgers and, and the skill guys, the defense playing better is a huge step up for them. The team just seems to be a lot tougher than it has been in years past. I think them beating San Francisco a couple of weeks ago just did a lot for their confidence. I think they're uh, more physical of a team. I really like Aaron Jones and the Rodgers Devonte Adams connection just reminds you of Peyton and Marvin. Just just the connection between a receiver and a quarterback like that. I mean, Adams and is incredible and. Just the the throws that Rodgers makes because of the chemistry that he has with Adams, it just it, it's right. ridiculous to watch. In a game like this, especially like Adams only had four for eighty nine, a couple big ones though. But he'll just take what you give him. It doesn't really matter. I mean, he loves Devontae. Devontae is probably the best receiver in football right now. But if you double him, I mean, he'll find somebody else. <laughs> just, that's what he does. Yeah, and he's got his guys. Mm, he loves it. Um, all right, Ryan Soles here on the Money Mitch Effect. Turn my attention to my team. The Cleveland Browns are now a 500 football team. They get dismantled by the Arizona Cardinals. More injuries, more doom and gloom for this franchise. Uh, a couple things off the top, Ryan. Uh, defense is a disaster. Uh, that's where I'm going to start. It's it's not a good defense, and it's frustrating because they showed signs of it by going into Minnesota and shutting down the Vikings, a Vikings team that's actually been putting up numbers since then. So you think, okay, maybe you have a good defense, but – it's it's the secondary, it's the linebackers, right? That's really what it is. I mean, it's just that it's still bad and it's still frustrating. And we can talk about bad calls, some just horrific, horrendous roughing calls that went against the Browns. But this is the same Browns defense that gave up a third and twenty-one touchdown to uh, Christian Kirk on the opening drive of the game. They let DeAndre Hopkins wide open in the end zone once, and then just waltz by everyone on another third and goal. So that's where I'm starting with. I got a couple other things to say. But the defense regressing before everyone's eyes in the last three weeks is really pathetic. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, the injuries has a lot to do with it because just having Ward and Greedy out there and um, John Johnson, you thought that this team Mm. was going to be just a lot faster on defense. And like you said, they've regressed definitely. And besides Miles Garrett, who really is standing out on that defense? The rookie who actually is out again. He's going to miss some time. Uh, JOK actually has played well, but he's been banged up, and that's part of the injuries. But, I mean, the Hopkins touchdown where he just juked out a couple guys and ran in, if I have to see another defensive back, and this is the bigger NFL problem, but just coming for a tackle up above the up above the waist and just try to grab the, the offensive player, it's just, it's just pathetic, man. I mean, and that's part of it, too, and... You know, the injuries is one thing. I know the Cardinals are a great team. I know Kyler's in the MVP race along with Lamar and Brady and, and Josh Allen and a few others. But, I mean, they, they made it super easy on him. And that's the that's the part that's frustrating. Now, if you turn your attention to the other side, I mean, they were one Hail Mary away from getting completely blown out and really no showing on offense. You, you know, you were, were, I'm sick to my stomach over the running back injury. No Chubb and Hunt. Hunt's out for at least three weeks, probably closer to six. I mean, that's uh-huh. their identity. And that's the really sad, pessimistic, doom and gloom futures that, you know, you you have to weather this storm and you have to do it without literally your offensive, your team identity. I agree 100 percent. And I think Chubb and Hunt together, just that one two punch with the way Stefanski likes to call plays like it just suits their playing style. Like you said, it's the heart of the offense of that team. But to me, I think. 
in no way am I writing the season off for the Browns. I think it's early. I think you guys have played some really good teams out West, and I think it's going to be a long season. But I think there's kind of two elephants in the room that not necessarily the team will have to address right now, but I think people will start talking about it. And I think one is – Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, how dude another fourth down drop like what are yep. we what are we doing here and <laughs> I mean yep. yeah that does and do you do you wonder like is it something in his head does he not want to be there is there something that we don't know about I think that's a huge you know looming thing because he still has top five talent we have not seen that production in a long time. And, you know, I think I think the quarterback has something to do with it, too. But I think the the Odell Beckham thing has to address and then moving on to Baker, you know, I, I can't imagine what it's like to have a torn labrum in your shoulder when you're throwing. But I do wonder how management and the team is thinking about how they want to deal with his extension, mm-hmm. because when you're looking and, you know, I don't like you know, doing this before you get too deep into a season. But just when you're looking at the tiers of quarterbacks and the tiers of young quarterbacks in the league and the money that they're making, you have to ask yourself if you pay Baker Mayfield $40 million a year. I mean, he's the best quarterback the franchise had in 20 years, but do you hit your wagon to him at that dollar amount with these other quarterbacks in the league right. who are better than him right now and I just think those are two right. questions that are surface around you definitely wait to sign him for this very reason it's the two questions of roster building like roster you know salary allocation like is it worth spending on him and what will it mean for the rest of the team the other side is is he providing value for that what what would the alternative be for a lesser price and then look I, I like Baker I think he does a lot of great things that you know he's got an absolute cannon of an arm he puts the ball on the ground a lot you know, this was dating back to before the shoulder injury. And, um, you know, I think he does leave the pocket a little too early. We can nitpick here. I mean, he did have Beckham drop a big, big one, and, and not having Chubb in this game hurts. But, you know, he's somebody that has to be better, too. It was just a collective failure in this game. And I don't want to take away from the fact that the Cardinals are an undefeated football team. You know, they've they've set themselves up nicely to do some big things. And, uh, you know, their defense, their defense played well, and they didn't have Chandler Jones. So, you, you talk mm-hmm. about what they're doing. They're, they're going for it. They got your boy Zach Ertz coming into the mix. I mean, they're, they're, they're giving themselves every best chance to win. So we'll see what Man, happens. <laughs> I think the Cardinals will go as far as Kyler Murray takes them and as much as Cliff Kingsbury doesn't well, hold them back. Last thing, and I, I hear you on that. I don't think Cliff's a great NFL head coach by any means, but there's a trend also developing. It's guys that have failed as head coaches that are getting that, you know, retread at D.C., really tearing it up. Vance Joseph's doing a good job with this defense. Dan Quinn in Dallas. I mean, sometimes yeah. they're not built for head coaches, but they're still damn good coordinators. So, uh, good way to segue into that Cowboys-Patriots game because that was probably the most exciting uh, game during the day that we saw. And mm-hmm. uh, Dak is really, really special. I'm ready to say that because – this was a game where the Cowboys, and this is, I would, I would flip it to what the normal narrative is. They, they look sluggish. They weren't there. I'm impressed when teams, good to great teams, can win when they don't have their A game. When back-
bad stuff happens, when mistakes happen, they can bear down. C.D. Lamb to, and Dak been quite the connection. Zeke been better shape, and and probably the defensive player of the year so far in Diggs. I mean, this is a. I know you hate to hear this, Ryan, but this is a team that legit has Super Bowl aspirations this year. Oh no, they're absolutely a problem, and I think, to be honest, their offense is just so good that. You know, they, they don't have a, a Tyreek Hill sort of player, like a dynamic player that you have to account for on every play, but they are so good at every other skill position. Like all they have two ones at receiver and basically a one B yeah. and and Gallup when he even comes back. And, you know, I think as good as Hill and Kelsey are, there's a big drop off after that. And with Dallas uh, I think it's kind of the opposite. And like you said, the defense, Trayvon Diggs, is definitely defensive player of the year. I think Dan Quinn uh, has adjusted the way he plays defense, basically zone dropping. Uh, he's playing a little bit more complex stuff, and the guys are playing it well, and yeah. they did well drafting Michael Parsons. No, I mean, the team, in spite of the idiotic things that Mike McCarthy does sometimes, <laughs> yeah. you know, the team's playing really well. Yeah, I would agree, and I think the difference with the Chiefs is they can go to the run when when the passing game is keyed on. When it's not there, they can go to Zeke and Pollard and feel very confident in what they can do. And I know you probably got PTSD when when Lamb burned Mills for the game winning touchdown. Oh, you don't even understand. <laughs> like I was telling, uh, it literally could have been any other corner except Jalen Mills. Just like, every time, ruining me from a different uniform. It still does. Still does. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, it was he couldn't cover a, a piece of paper with a binder in Philadelphia, and the same thing wow. is is horrible. Hey, playoff races are going to be tight this year, but I do want to give a shout out again. Some the Vikings are somehow playing these in, incredible, exciting games week after week, and we we don't always you know speak highly of him, but Kirk Cousins, man, some of the throws he made in this game, you just got to tip your cap to the one to Thielen is one of the best I've seen all year. No, I mean, he makes some really good throws. And, yeah, I'm one of those guys. Like, it's just hard for me to get behind Kirk Cousins. But the team just happens to just – I mean, you could do a lot worse. You could win. do a lot they worse. Could, yeah, they could be a lot worse. And they just – they figure out how to keep winning. Like you said, you know, at the beginning of the year, you thought Zimmer was going to be back with a vengeance. And the defense isn't playing top-notch, but they're playing a lot better. And the team as a whole – uh, has been, you know, they've been okay. And right. I didn't think they were going to be good at all. I'm also not ready to say that this was the Chiefs are back to normal game. This was a no. Chiefs did what they had to do game. Time will tell if this team has really figured out their defensive woes. And if, you know, honestly, if if Pat's able to kind of make adjustments to the adjustments made to him, obviously he's still got the best arm talent in football, but he's clearly not playing his best right now. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, he's not playing his best. And, I mean, you know, obviously they won the game and they won big, but it was a really, really close ball game um, at halftime. And I think the unspoken hero of that team is Tyreek Hill. And if they don't have Tyreek Hill, they might only have one win. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they could have lost that game. I mean, they probably (laughs) – I mean, the Browns game. Because literally – he is he is so dynamic, and the fact that you if you don't double Hill and Kelsey on every play, you're gonna get torched. And 
Hardman and Pringle have not elevated their games enough to where you have defenses having to make a tough decision. So, and we see these teams doing all this. They're literally playing two deep safeties. They're daring them to run the ball. They're doubling Hill and Kelsey every play. And they're saying if these other guys beat us, then these other guys beat us. But, you know, and obviously everyone can't do that with the personnel, but the teams that do have that personnel, that's how they can beat Kansas City, you know, come December and January if it gets to that point. Yeah, or they're just running and passing the ball down their throats and saying, okay, Mm -hmm. you might score this drive, but we're scoring again next drive. You know, that's the defense, too, I'm monitoring to see. I mean, they looked better, but not everybody's going to be Washington. We'll just have to see. Last thing before we kind of turn our attention uh, to this week's games. Uh, Ravens, most impressive win of the season that we've seen in terms of like a game that was built up to just being a beatdown? Or is this just the Chargers no-showing? Because Baltimore, suddenly they're the best team in the AFC record-wise. I think the Ravens may have been may, may be the most impressive team so far this season. If you look at, I was afraid you'd say that. <laughs> I mean, they they lost Pete Marcus Peters. I just read that they lost Stanley for the year. Mm-hmm. They're down Dobbins and Edwards, and this team is five and one. He's the MVP Again. right now. I mean, he has to be now. There's a lot of football left, but he's the guy through six games. Lamar Jackson. I mean, I'd probably go Brady. But I think Lamar's number two, 100%. And he has made that leap as a passer. And there's been situations, especially in that Colt game, where he had, they had to pass. Everyone in the stadium knew they had to pass. And he was making pinpoint passes. And his numbers would be better if Marquise Brown would catch more passes. Uh, but no, Lamar's playing incredibly well. Uh, Don Martindale's got this defense playing really well. I mean, this is just a well-run team, a really good organization. And if Lamar continues to play like this, nobody wants to see them come postseason. It's hard to argue you saying Brady or if you were to said Kyler or even you know the guy like Josh Allen. I, I just think that for MVP, if you take any one of these guys off the team, the Ravens will suffer the worst. He yeah, is I, by far the most valuable in that spirit of the award. But, hey. Lamar well, makes everything go. <laughs> a lot of football left, so who knows? I mean, this is still going to go. All right. Uh, Ryan Souls here on the Money Mitch Effect. Some interesting games this week, starting with the Browns and Broncos on Thursday. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I have a bad feeling like I'm going to have. I mean, they're going to have to just eke out a win. Luckily, Denver's kind of in a tailspin too, Ryan. But I think for the Browns to win this game, it's kind of got to be ugly. Like limit Man. possessions and no mistakes and just – you know, let Denver kind of cough it up. You know, I've been low-key pulling for your team, but if y'all can't beat Teddy Bridgewater this Thursday, it's a wrap. It's over because Baker, that injury is not going to get any better. And to be honest, I read somewhere that he was preparing to play, but to me, Coming off a short week, coming off that loss, I know you don't want to lose your place in the AFC, but it seems like I would really have thought about not playing Baker this Thursday, giving him that full extra 10 days. I don't know if you got a, guys got a buy coming up after this game, but give him whatever we much time to that next game to get his shoulder right so you can make that push later on into the year. But you better win this game, bro. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's a big one for sure. Uh, and I was also going to ask you uh, what it would take for you to watch the entire Falcons Dolphins game. Bro, um, <laughs> a lot. If there was like a guarantee that like Deion Sanders was going to show up to watch it with me, yeah, then yeah. But otherwise, nah, man, there's well, nothing. Well, aside from that one, there are a few actually uh, exciting games. I think Cincinnati-Baltimore should be good. Bengals under Joe Burrow are, are playing pretty well. Now, I don't think they're going to have it to beat this Baltimore team, but they're playing well. The defense actually, I mean, we talk about protecting him and how that needs to improve, but he's a tough kid making plays, and their defense is as good as it's been since he got there. Listen, man, I was the first to crap all over their decision to take Chase instead of Sewell in this draft for that very reason. Like, I thought they just protecting Burrow, especially off that injury, should have been priority number one. But this looks like an amazing pick because Chase looking like he couldn't catch anything in the preseason Mm -hmm. has become just a a ridiculous young wide receiver, kind of similar to what Justin Jefferson was doing last year. And uh, just this connection and chemistry that he has with his quarterback it's it's obviously well noted, and this team through and through is just playing really well in spite of a coach who I thought didn't have a clue. That's a good one. Uh, Kansas City, Tennessee is another good one to watch. The Titans yeah, now four awesome. and two. This this will tell me. Okay, uh, the Chiefs defense. Like okay, you guys, guys improved. Derek, Derek Henry might go for three hundred yards on that. <laughs> three hundred yards, five touchdowns. He just there's just going to be an injury tent that's crowded on the Kansas City side. It's going to be CAA 2007 on them. It's going to be like the injury tent's just going to be a club. It's going to be people waiting in outside to get in. Yep. I think Kansas City is. I, I think Kansas City, uh, in a way, you know, on the road, it's as big favorites that they are. I think they're going to be. They're going to have to play with some desperation because they lose mm-hmm. this game, they fall to three and four. It's like okay, well. You know, no one is going to really take them serious for a while, even with Patrick Mahomes. So I think Kansas City will show up offensively. The question will be, can they just do anything to slow down Derrick Henry? Uh, and then uh, your boys, I got to ask you, are they going to show up uh, in Vegas? Man, I, I low-key think this could be an interesting game just because I was shocked how well the Eagles played the Buccaneers and just how much they've hung in this season. I'm a, I haven't been a huge fan of um, Sirianni not running the ball, especially as good as, as Sanders has been when he touches it. But this team seems just so much more cohesive and functional than when, you know, post-Super Bowl Doug Peterson was in control of it. Yeah. And we got something Devonte Smith. He's a tiny little dude, but he is dynamic and he's a, he's a hell of a route runner. And I just hope that the team is good enough by the time he gets a chance to sign an extension. Um, so we can keep him. Yeah. I, I love Devonte Smith and I'm also, I'm not picking a side yet on the uh, Jalen hurts debate. Let's let him have a season. I think there's obviously potential and there's obviously room to improve. I think that's mm-hmm. safe to say, Let's let them have the season and see because the, the aspirations aren't there this year. So this is a full season audition. We can reevaluate afterwards. Agreed. Um, and then, uh, you know, Monday Night Football as well. We're going to cap the week off with Jameis versus Geno Smith. I mean, how could you not like that? Man, on my birthday too. What a game. <laughs> what a game. And I'm also still going to also, the last thing I'll do is I'll throw out that I'm still alive in my survivor pool. 
I've burned a lot of quality teams, but I think you got to go Patriots over Jets, right? Zach Wilson just gets destroyed by Bill Belichick in this game. Yeah, I think you got to <laughs> go Patriots over Jets too. Yeah, to me, there's really no other gimme yeah. besides that. I mean, you could you could pick the uh, the Cardinals over the Texans too. Use the Cardinals in the Jaguars game already, so it's a strategic it's a strategic process. But Patriots yeah. get me through it. Oddly enough, I've used all but the Seahawks, who I probably won't be using in the NFC West. So, um, still some good ones left. But you got to be smart here. But yeah, Belichick versus rookie quarterback. Yeah, we like that. Last thing, and I know it's a different sport, Ryan, but I need your thoughts on Ben Simmons and all that's going on in Philadelphia here on opening night, where the latest thing after he got thrown out of practice for not doing a defensive drill and Embiid said he doesn't care about him anymore and all this stuff and he's suspended for their opener and losing money left and right was a report that came out that said he's open to coming back to the team, but he's not mentally ready to play yet. Those, those words... Like I, I just where is the where is the floor in all so, this? So I I have no idea really how to feel about this anymore because to me the point ultimately is is that Ben Simmons did not play well in this playoff stretch by a long shot, <laughs> and outside of a brief mention in it in his post game press conference, he's kind of refused to acknowledge that, and that's been a microcosm of his entire career just because he really hasn't improved all that much since his rookie year. I think on the other side of that is the Sixers organization because they are culpable in this also. I think Brett Brown bears some responsibility from beginning with that process, setting up a culture where it was okay for Ben Simmons to get away with this sort of stuff. And I absolutely think that Doc, regardless of how you feel or not, you've been in this game long enough to where you just got to cover for your guy, swallow pride and deal with it behind closed doors. But we're at a point because he had to throw him out of practice and because they had to suspend him. I don't know if that was Ben Simmons um, purpose or not, but it puts the Sixers in a horrible position because a dude who's got four years left on his deal, if he's willing to just act up and make this ugly, well, if you don't trade him, you're basically saying on off the purpose of principle, we're willing to tank this season just so we don't set a precedent. Yeah. Or you trade Ben Simmons and you set a precedent. So I don't know what you do. Well, and I don't want to make light of any mental health things. This is not a mental health thing. Like no, he says he's mentally it. not there. That's, that's what he means. And look, We've talked about this, like other sports, football, hockey, locker rooms are going to have a players meeting. They're going to sort this out one way or the other. We've, yep. we've gone too far in that situation, and this is an entitled side of it. And and I just think also, I mean, look, yesterday when he was at practice, and there's video out there, you can confirm this with me, Ryan, but he's practicing with his sweatpants on. He had his phone in his pocket. Like that's mm-hmm. the kind of, that that's the level of seriousness that he has. So honestly, you look at that and you think, well, he shouldn't even be around the team at that point. No, not at all. You know, and this is that once he's reported back for camp and they saw what they needed to see, paid leave, just go away, we'll figure this out later. Because, I mean, for him, too, I mean, I don't know how he thinks in his mind that he's improving his value. Because remember, James Harden, when all that went down, uh, he was still coming off a really good season. The, The team itself, I mean, he said some stuff in the media that we all disagreed with about not wanting to be there. But he wasn't sabotaging the actual practices and games that he actually showed up for. So this is well, a new level of low. And totally. And here's the thing, though. 
even if James Harden was doing that, he's James Harden. Exactly. He doesn't have – I mean, he has bad games in the playoffs, but we've literally never seen what Ben Simmons pulled last year by just being completely afraid in the moment and then acting like nothing had happened. In a way, it's like you kind of got to respect his indifference. I'm joking here, obviously, but um, I would just say, look, you're not going to win. You're you're not going to accomplish anything with him anymore. And I know it sucks to hear that if you're a Philly fan, you've hitched your wagon to this guy, but it's just not going to happen anymore. So I'd send no. him away and then just figure out what the best you know, resolution for this is. It doesn't mean you have to rush and do a trade where you're not going to get returned, but this just isn't happening. And, and I, I feel bad for you know, the worst thing you can do in a team sport, Ryan, is to let your brothers in that locker room down. And I think that's, that's what he's doing. That's the most tragic thing is that he's playing with guys. Most of them, almost all of them, are not as talented as him. And they don't have long-term deals, and they don't have long-term contracts. Their careers, everybody's careers, and beat included, are not promised past this year. You know, an injury could happen, especially, and he's just sabotaging, you know, their livelihood. And that's yep. what pissed me off more than anything. So I don't, 100%. I don't know and what I, you do. Yeah. Well, I was gonna. Say, I didn't mean to cut you off. And I, I think what he probably cares about the most is I honestly don't think he wants to walk out into that gym in Philly and have to listen to those fans because hey. <laughs> it won't stop. It will no. be unrelenting. It will not just be for one game. And I don't think he wants to deal with that. And I think when he says maybe he's not mentally ready to play, I think if somebody called Ben Simmons right now and said, hey, we're going to go run five on five down at X gym, no cell phones allowed. I think Ben would sign up in an instant. Mm. But I think the minute that he has to run out there and them lights come on with them Philly fans and all he hears is booze, maybe he can't handle that. Well, you're, he's, at a, he's at a point in his career where it is a crossroads because he's, he's entering what should be his prime. He's going to have to deal with criticism, especially in a town like Philly that demands excellence of you. It's going to be messier from here on out. But I just like Embiid saying, look, enough. Like, I'm here. I'm practicing. I'm doing it for the guys in this locker room. I don't care what that guy does. Agreed. Uh, all right. Well, Ryan Souls, pleasure having you on the Money Mitch Effect. We'll reconvene uh, in, a, in a few weeks to talk more football, see where we're at. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you, bro. All right, huge thanks to both Sean Sullivan and Ryan Souls. And, uh, yeah, well, I recorded that with Ryan before Baker Mayfield was officially deemed out of this Thursday's game. No Chubb, no Hunt, no Baker. Got to beat the Broncos, man. Can't fall below 500. But thanks again to both guests. A reminder, you can catch every episode of the Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search Money Mitch, Money Mitch Effect and it pops right up. Follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21 and check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page. Next week, we will be back to talk more football. Some baseballs, the World Series will be set. The Dodgers basically staying alive against the Braves last night. Red Sox, Astros 2-2. Four teams remain. Only one can claim the World Series championship. We'll see who it is. For Sean Sullivan and Ryan Souls, I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for listening and keep enjoying sports.